everybody. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the CTTA interview series. Joining us today is Peter First. Hi, Peter. Welcome. Hi. Good to see you. Uh, Peter is a CTTA instructor with us. Uh, he has tons of involvement in the industry, um, working with publications, manufacturers, training programs, uh, and the like. And, and we're going to get into that a little bit and talk about some of those things. So, uh, again, thank you, Peter. Um, I understand that you got your start in towing uh, around 1965 when you were attending college. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. How how'd you kind of get into it? What happened? Uh, I was visiting a friend of mine in Southern California, He and the phone rang, mm -hmm. and he turned around and said, can you drive a tow truck? <laughs> and I said, yes. And the next thing I know, we were chasing an Anaheim police car going out to the 405. <laughs> so my first tow was about 1.30 in the morning, going northbound in the southbound lanes of uh, the 405. Uh, picking it up and getting yelled at because I wasn't working fast enough. They just dropped you right into the fire. Right. <laughs> and I turned around and I asked Larry, I said, all this is neat and nice, but how does all this stuff work? <laughs> and then a career was born. Yeah, it kind there of went go. downhill after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, it says here that you uh, uh, owned and operated uh, something called Air Salvage Service. This is something that is, sounds fascinating to me. Um, and you did some marine salvage with this and crash reconstructions. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the air salvage service you were um, Air salvage came out of the towing business uh, in Palo Alto. A friend of mine called up and said, hey, we got an airplane in the slough um, with the rudder sticking out of the water. Can you get it out? <laughs> and I went out and went, yeah, okay. So we stuffed it full of tire tubes and filled them all with air and uh, crawled and winched and pulled and whatnot, and we got it out. And I talked the fire department to come out, and we flushed the airplane, get all the mud out, right, and whatnot. And I, in the eventually, it saved the airplane, and um, that was the first one. And then about oh three or four weeks later, insurance company called up and says we got another airplane. That was and fast. Then, and um, <laughs> it just got to be sort of a part-time hobby that got out of hand. Yeah, yeah. And um, air salvage actually covered like uh, the western states and uh, Mexico. Wow, on there a lot of area. It is, but you know, it, and the the problem with uh, the air salvage business, which my wife hated, um, was that you don't do it all the time. Yeah, you get to go to neat places, got a lot of adrenaline, uh, get to do things nobody else gets to do, but you don't do it all. There's the time. no consistency to it. You know, no, you airplanes aren't constantly. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? they they do and they don't. <laughs> but you know, you could get a job. Uh, I know one trip I was gone nine weeks, home four days out of nine weeks, uh, started to go to Tahoe and back to the Bay Area. And I, I was in um, California. That one went down to Southern California, went over to Arizona, um, went off to New Mexico, came back. So, you know, nine weeks later, I'm home. There you go. <laughs> so, wow, air salvage. That's fascinating. But uh, um, we had airplanes go into the water. Yeah. And that's how we got into the marine salvage business. Okay. Talk with, about that, yeah. With airbags and um, stuff like that. It's fun fly finding airplanes in the water. Right. Because as soon as they go below the water, they fly. So they'll end up a quarter mile, half mile from where they went Just in. Just float away. They'll float away. Wow. So um, Now, back then, was there the technology where you could just hook up a monitor to some camera or other and just scan uh, the bottom of the... <laughs> we were using fish detectors. We were using grappling hooks. 
And, oh, I think it's over there somewhere. <laughs> I and, gotcha. Uh, you know, a little trial and error. Yeah. Or we, that's where we saw, saw the bubbles last. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Just track it. Um, then uh, in 1974, uh, you were started working uh, at the California State Automobile Association. And in 1980, uh, you were named Supervisor of Training and Communications. Can you talk a little bit about the work you did there? Well, I was still doing the, the airplanes when I was with AAA. But mm-hmm. I, uh, my wife decided I should get a real job instead of being gone all the time. And um, I took the job with AAA because they wanted to start training programs. Mm-hmm. So I was a dispatch center supervisor for a year or so while we were developing that. And then after that, I was doing training most of the time, was on the road. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, with AAA, uh, I know you've worked with vehicle manufacturers, uh, towing equipment manufacturers. Um, mm-hmm. what, kind of, uh, what kind of tests did you develop to test this equipment, make sure everything was up to snuff and, and working well? Well, let me put it this way. Uh, working for the club did give me the advantage of dealing with AAA National, mm-hmm. uh, got access to vehicle manufacturers, uh, record manufacturers, suppliers, mm-hmm. all kinds of vendors. And uh, in the process, one of the things that always interests me is, how does it work? Why does it work? Right. So, you you know, you go to uh, the Holmes Company, for example, and they come out with a piece of equipment. Uh, I would invite, send it out, and then go meet with their engineers and figure out, how it works, why it works, you know, what yeah. doesn't work, right. that kind of stuff. And you build up a real good background in how all this stuff works. Right, right. That's and um, I was involved when they first started doing wheel lift towing equipment. Okay. And I wrote a white paper for AAA on weight transfer and everything, which we're still arguing about. <laughs> still to this that. day. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know uh, on that. Uh, one of the meetings that came out, everybody had one-ton trucks back then. And after we fooled around with it for a while, I did some testing and we found out that they needed to be on ton and a half trucks because they, of the long overhangs, they picked the front ends up. And that comment was not well received by the towing industry that they should all buy ton and a half trucks. <laughs> Didn't go over so well. Didn't go no. over well on that. But in the long run today, it, what's everybody driving? Exactly. So. Exactly. Changed everything. Now, um, I know you write uh, for for the Tow Times magazine. Correct. Um, do you do that monthly, or is it sort of uh, no? It, I'm a, when it comes up, uh, you will write an article about a, a topic. Um, in the beginning, for American, I did some for American Towmen, mm-hmm. and I did some for Tow Times, and then probably three or four years ago, um, I started doing a monthly column. Oh, cool! Awesome on that on various subjects. You what's know? your What's your column coming up? The one up uh, coming up right now is um, related to the 60 fatalities we had last year, uh, roadside towing. Um, the uh, When I was in Chattanooga, we talked about the move over law, how we got to really push that and, and whatnot. Um, and I told him my feeling on that is that the move over law is going to help, but it's not going to cure... Um, Standing on the lot on the white line, right? Working the curve of uh, the traffic side controls, not wearing ANSI stuff, and not paying attention, right? That the the industry has some onus to fix that side of the problem, as well as work on the move. Right, safety starts with the operator on the, oh, the side operator of the, road. Of the truck. Yeah, yeah, can't rely on everyone else. So that's where it starts. Now, speaking of the museum, I understand 
Peter was actually inducted into the International Towing Museum Hall of Fame in 1995. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. Congratulations. Yes, I was That's involved quite an honor. with the, the museum uh, probably since about 86 or 87 when the, you know, the conception. Because yeah. uh, the mu- museum used to be a traveling show in a truck. Right. Yeah. And we'll put a picture of that up. It's actually kind of neat. I've yeah. seen that. It's cool. On that. But, yeah. um, uh, Steve Carnelli, Bob Barry, and I, and whatnot, we were all involved in the museum when it got started and on, on there. And, um, I've donated a lot of my archival stuff to them and I've got more stuff to go right. uh, back to them. Awesome. That's a heck of an honor. Now, uh, Peter is, uh, currently actually for the last, f- want to say more than 15 years. It's not exactly on paper anywhere, but, uh, Peter's you- been a CTTA instructor. Uh, with us for, for 15, 20 years, somewhere in there. Um, you were just telling me before we started this that your first event, CTTA sanctioned event was 1976. Right. So, Monterey Trade Show. There you go. Been with the, been with the association since and I've been, very early. Been at, uh, like I say, every one of the trade shows since then. There you go. Haven't missed one. Nice. Nice. Be in Vegas this upcoming May. Yep. Tremendous. Love to hear it. Now, speaking of instructing uh, with CTTA, uh, I want to talk a little bit about our classes because uh, you are one of our main instructors and and especially kind of headquartered here in Sacramento for most of the classes. Um, but I just want you to talk a little bit briefly about why um, training is so important for a tow operator. Training is what makes or breaks uh, a tow operator. You know, there's the image we have to the public, mm-hmm. which is not really i don't think really true is that you know a lot of these guys are very professional uh in how they handle themselves but if you look at a business they gauge it by the employee who shows up um as i do in my classes i tell them you know when when you drive up they don't care how long the company's been in business you know what kind of truck you're driving other than it better be clean and neat and everything all they're looking for is this guy gonna fix my problem right on that and they you got one chance to make a first impression on on the public, right? On that, and training is is what gives the guy the confidence and the ability to get out of the truck, make decisions, and take care of the problem, right? And so, what um, student coming in for one of our light duty classes with you? What what can they expect? What sort of things, bullet points, do you cover uh, in the two days? Um, I think in my classes, um, from what I've seen. I spend a little more time on the customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, being with AAA, that's a big deal right. on that. And one of the first things I learned when I started driving a tow truck is that if you can take care of the customer, get them calmed down, straightened around in the truck, and that taken care of, the car's a piece of cake. Right, right. So I spend probably a lot more time than, than some instructors I've dealt with across the country on the customer service side. It's very important. Take care of, the, of that. And I used to hire, um, when I was out on the road all the time, and even with the uh, club service with AAA, is hired for attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can teach the guy to drive the truck, what to pick up, how to do this and everything. But if they don't have the right attitude and aren't comfortable dealing with people, you got a big problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we get a lot of folks uh, that, you know, sometimes ask, well, I just, you know, I was just certified five years ago. I've been doing it for... 30, 40 years, why, why do I have to come back to class? So why, what, what is the point of recertifying? Why are we re-educating ourselves? Does anything ever change? 
<laughs> That's what I tell them. I said, everything changes. There you go. Cars change, people changes, recovery procedures change, right. equipment changes, everything changes. Right. And when you do a class, you got two guys. You got the guy in there who's just starting and it's all new to him. But there's a number of guys that come to class and they'll say afterwards, I, geez, I forgot all that stuff, mm. you know, or I don't, I didn't really remember all that stuff and why it does. Right. And there again, you also have guys that come in here that, um, uh, for a class that, you know, I've been driving for four or five years, they still can't tell you what the truck weighs or what it can pick up. Right. Right. You know, what, what kind of chains do you have? Well, I got chain chains, you know, <laughs> you know? yeah, I got wire rope on my truck, you know? So if they don't understand the equipment and how it works and what the limits are, you know, they develop this, oh, just throw it in gear and let's see what happens. Right, right. And that's when stuff blow up and equipment breaks and everything. That's and when people get hurt. That's when people, well, they get hurt and killed. Yeah, exactly. On that. Exactly. Um, so you teach these classes often. What's what's one kind of concept, one towing concept that, um, you know, our students seem to struggle with a little bit? And why do you think that is? The, the um, actually, that's too pro- that two things to think about mm-hmm. is that they have the basics they do all day long to start the car, tow the car, all that. And they, Oh, I know all that. Right. And they get <laughs> complacent and it's odd. If they, if you send them out to pick up a Porsche, probably no problem. You tell them go pick up a Ford Taurus and they'll damage it <laughs> because they got complacent. They got in a hurry. They took a shortcut. You know, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that comes in is the recovery side is that they don't do it that often. So it's a big deal. Everything's, you know, and they don't think the whole thing through, like survey the scene, see what's going on, uh, look for the safest, easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. That's my criteria. I'm an old guy. I'm lazy and it's got to be safe and it's got to be easy. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. I think those are the two best routes to go. Um, so that's interesting. So people getting a little complacent in the work, rushing perhaps a little mm-hmm. bit, um, and then just not taking into account everything at the scene. So right. there are a couple and, of, couple of things that crop up in our classes. A right. And bit. then you look at class, you know, and, and they, they will tend to overthink the problem. Mm-hmm. And it, there's a real simple solution, but by the time you add to it, then it becomes a big problem. Right. Um, just explaining snatch blocks, for example, how they work. Mm-hmm. Some drivers I've had in, or operators I've had in class, they think that's all black magic. <laughs> and it's not. It's real simple stuff. It's been around since the Egyptians. It's physics, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you got to move the weight. Right, right. So what is your favorite thing when you come to teach a CTTA class? What's your favorite thing about teaching towing? It is uh, spreading the knowledge. Hmm. Is getting it out and doing a logical order to build the, the, the intellectual base to make decisions and stuff like that. And as you go through the cloud, you can see the lights come on mm-hmm. periodically. Just a yeah. Ding. ding. Yep. Now I understand this yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And one thing I do in my classes uh, a lot is uh, a technique I uh, picked up actually from the Marines. Um, I was doing it and I found out it's actually an official teaching okay. deal <laughs> of uh, war stories. Mm-hmm. And some guys go, oh, God, war stories. But you got to remember, when I started, there were no training books. There were no training classes. There right. was no nothing. Right. The only way you pass the information on is at the coffee shop or the next morning is, oh, guess what Bill did last night? 
Right, you like know? a verbal and, history. And then, yeah. and then you go, oh, I'm not doing that <laughs> on that. But um, when I tell, you know, you do this, do this, do this, and this is the reason why you do it. And a lot of times I'll use an example so they they can relate to that. Mm-hmm. If you do this, it's going to blow up just like this. Right. On that. You know, it's like um, uh, the example uh, I, I use is when you were growing up and your mom told you to do something and she said, because I told you to do it, I used to drive her nuts by asking why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's part of it is, right. is why does it happen? Why do you know? And so I like to go in and explain, you know, go do, do that. And I found, uh, examples. And a lot of times I draw the examples out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Has anybody done this? Mm-hmm. And they relate their war story and then we can kind of move it around. Right. And they get engaged with that. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, I know that uh, Peter's actually got a class starting tomorrow and it's starting to get late. So we're going to let you go, get yourself prepared and everything. But thank you for stopping by. We really appreciate it. We've got some some CTTA swag for you, a little hat and a slow down, move over bumper sticker on sale at CTTA.com. So that's for you. you. But uh, we appreciate the stories, the knowledge. I know you are just a vault of towing knowledge. So I appreciate you coming and and imparting a little bit of that with us. And uh, yeah, good luck with the class. Okay. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time. Appreciate it. (laughs) 